the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If you have a Bible or if you have an outline this morning, I want you to turn to Colossians chapter 2. We're going to be reading verses 9 to 12. Colossians is in the New Testament. It's uh, one of the Apostle Paul's pastoral letters to the church in, in Colossians at Colossae. Paul writes, For in Christ all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. The title of the message is, It's a Matter of Death and Life. I'm not trying to uh, play with words on a very common expression that we use. We normally say this the other way. We always say it's a matter of life and death. But from a Christian worldview, from the understanding of the Christian faith, it's supposed to be stated the other way around. It's not a matter of life and death. For a Christian, it's a matter of death and life. It's the other way around because we have that, that paradox in the Christian faith that says in order for us to have life, we must first die. So for us, it's a matter of death and life. And there's so much talk about death uh, in our world today, especially with this pandemic going on. And people are, are forced to look up, to look out for their own um, sense of mortality. There's so much emphasis on physical death that we forget that there are other types of deaths that are equally important that we must recognize, not just uh, physical death. The Bible speaks of four types of deaths, okay? Four types. Physical death, we all know about that. It's inevitable. We don't need to discuss that very much. We all know that everybody in this room will one day die. But there's another type of death. It's called spiritual death. And we also have some understanding of that from the Bible. If you're a follower of Jesus, we know from Ephesians that we were dead because of our transgressions and sin. And we have been made alive because of Jesus. So we know that there's a state that every human being that will ever walk the earth that is called a state of spiritual death. Every one of us were spiritually dead before we came to faith in Jesus. That's very important for the understanding of the gospel. Okay, we were born with that sin nature. That's what we're going to talk about a little bit more today. Everybody is born physically with a body and a soul and a spirit, and that spirit is dead until it comes to life by putting our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there's a third type of death the Bible speaks of. 
Uh, it's called the final death. This is found in Revelation chapter 20. You don't have to turn there. We don't have time. But eternal death is the destiny of everyone who died physically in their spiritually dead state. The Bible says that they will be judged and will be given that ultimate death, the final death, in which people who died physically, who had never been given the life of Christ at the new birth and died in their spiritual state of being dead, will again die in an ultimate death and live in that state for the rest of their existence separated from God in a place called hell. That's a third type of death. Okay? But there's some good news. I know you're saying, you know, I didn't come here on a beautiful Sunday morning for pastors to talk about death. It's important for us to talk about this thing because it matters for understanding of our new life in Christ. There's some good news. Jesus came and died on the cross so that we can exchange that dead spirituality for a brand new life. We can be born again. We can be made alive again. Okay, so here's the thing that you must remember. If you were born only once, you will die twice, right? Because when you were born once, you're spiritually dead, and when you die in that spiritual dead situation condition, you will again die the ultimate death. But if you are born twice, you'll only die once. You'll only die physically, and then you'll live forever in the presence of the Lord. So that's a good spot to say amen. So the question this morning is, are you born again? Have you been made alive through Christ? Have you placed your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Because if you haven't, don't die in that spiritual state of being spiritually dead. Now, but there's a fourth type of death that we're going to talk about this morning. Okay, there's a fourth kind of death that the Bible speaks about. And it's the kind of death that must happen after we are born again, after we receive eternal life. And it's called death to self, death to the flesh, or death to the sinful nature. That's very important as well. We need to understand this. This is very important for every follower of Jesus. Because once we are born again, once we have been given a new life, the old life has died and must be continually be put to death, okay? Uh, it's called the process of sanctification. It's called the process of being set apart for the glory and honor of God. The fruit of the new birth is the demonstration of the passing away, the death of the old self or the flesh or the old nature and the birth of the new life in Christ. So what we're going to answer today is the question of what does it mean to die to the old nature, okay? Now, when I speak of the old nature, when I speak of the, um, the sinful nature, when I speak of the flesh, I'm talking about the same thing. When the Bible talks about the flesh, it's talking about that rebellious nature that we're all born with. Loved ones, we're all born with that rebellious nature. Did you know that? What do we see uh, in a baby, when, when, when a baby, uh, when you look at a baby, what the first, what's the first thing that comes out of your mouth? Oh, how cute, right? Babies are cute, but let this, let's describe what a baby looks like, okay? Let's, let's describe the characteristics of a baby. A baby is selfish for attention, isn't he? Oh, isn't she? 
Very selfish. Wants all the attention in the world. Babies cry when it's hungry. It cries when it's wet. It cries when it's sleepy. It cries when it wakes up. And it cries when it feels like crying. Okay? It touches anything and everything that you put in front of it. It does. He eats, sleeps, anytime, anywhere it wants. It, thro it throws tantrums when it doesn't get what it wants. Pees and poops whenever and wherever it wants. Sometimes eating its own poop and going for seconds. And then we see a baby, we say, oh, how cute. I, say, I said all of that just to, to reiterate the fact that we are born with a sinful nature. And as, uh, as we grow, we actualize that nature. As we grow, we prove that we are born dead. And we are born into sin. Okay? A lot of people don't want to hear that because we, we would like to think of ourselves as we walk in the earth as people who are able to go ahead and, and secure our own salvation. And so, uh, you know, as a preacher, I, I'm responsible for letting people know that in the Christian understanding of life, we needed to be born again. We needed to be given the life of Christ in exchange for the old life that we now have. And that old life is by nature rebellious against God. It's by nature opposed to the things of God. And that's why uh, the Bible says that has, that has to be dealt with. And that's why Jesus came. And that's why the new birth is a necessity. Once we, once we are born again, the Spirit of God enters our lives and it destroys that old nature and gives us a new one. That new nature, the Bible says, cries after God, follows hard after God. David says, create in me a, a, a new heart and renew a right spirit within me. That new heart follows hard after God, okay? Uh, and, 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 and when we become Christians, when we are born again, you know, the process of sanctification, the process of putting that old nature to death is an ongoing process. But wait a minute, Pastor, I thought you said when I come to faith in Jesus, uh, that old nature is dead. Of course it's dead, but we still need to continue to put it to death because, because it doesn't mean something is dead doesn't mean it doesn't have its residual effect. It doesn't mean it has uh, no more influence in our lives. You know, I know my mother has been uh, dead for a long time, but everything that, that she has uh, said to me and have done for me to raise me, I still carry them. I mean, a lot of them are good things, okay? Some of them are not so good things, but we put away or we kill the things that are bad. And that's the same thing with the Christian life. Preachers, I hear growing up saying all the time, you know, uh, when, it terms, when it comes to the, the issue of, of being saved and being born again, you know, preachers always say, you know, uh, God uh, rescued or delivered Israel from Egypt, but it took a while for the Israelites to get Egypt out of them. You know what? That's very true. You know, the moment we became Christians, the old nature dies. The old nature now goes hard after God, but there are residual effects. There are still some of the old nature starting to, you know, continues to creep up. And the Bible says we need to crucify those things. We need to put those things to death because that's going to, again, exert itself. We're dead to the old self, but we need to continually put 
the old self to death. And that's what the scripture teaches. Now, how do we know that we are dead to the old self? And how do we know that we are predisposed to killing the old self? There are four signs we must recognize, believe, and confess to be true in our life that will show us that we are really dead or that we are continually putting to dead death the old self, okay? Four things we must recognize, not, not just, you know, not just say, okay, I understand that. We must recognize, believe, and confess. Recognize, believe, and confess. Four things. Number one, we know that we are dead to the old self. We know that we are putting the old self to death when we recognize, believe, and confess the supremacy of the person of Jesus Christ in our life. It begins right there. Look, if you will, at verses 9 to 10. Paul writes, For in Christ all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form. You may want to underline the words fullness of deity and bodily form. Two of the most important aspects of our understanding of the new life. You know you were born again. You know you are a follower of Jesus when you recognize, confess, and believe the supremacy of the person of Christ, not only in your own life, but in the life of everybody. You know, that to you, Jesus Christ is the supreme Lord. I mean, that's the first thing that you recognize in your life. So, so if there's somebody listening to this message and they haven't recognized the supremacy of the person of Christ, you need to be born again. You need to come to faith in Christ because this is where it all begins. Paul says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. So that's where it all uh, begins, okay? The truth about Jesus. Well, what does it have to do with dying to self? What does recognizing, uh, believing and confessing the, the lordship, the supremacy of the person of Jesus has to do with me dying to my self, dying to the old self. Well, we need to understand why Paul wrote this letter to the Corinthians. Let me give you just a little bit of a background, okay? Paul wrote this letter to debunk a heresy. There was a heresy going around in the church, penetrating, infiltrating a church. It's called uh, the, the heresy of Gnosticism. Don't worry about the word. I can't even spell it, but you know, it's, it's right there. Trust me, okay? It's a belief that there's a duality that exists in this world, the duality, the, a spiritual reality and a physical reality. Now, the problem with the Gnostic belief that penetrating the church, and it's a heresy that is rampant in the church at Colossae, was the fact that it thinks that only the spiritual side of things is good and the only the spiritual matters. The physical doesn't matter. They don't believe that matter or anything physical, you know, is good at all. They, in fact, they believe that it's evil. Gnostic, Gnosticism believes in that duality. The spiritual realm is good. The spiritual side of a person is good. But the physical side is evil. They split it in half. There's a duality. Okay? By believing that, they cannot accept that Jesus truly became flesh and blood. They said that if Jesus is really truly the Son of God, He could not have been physically, uh, a physical person. He could not have flesh and blood. 
Because all physical things, all matter, is evil. So Jesus must have been a spiritual apparition. The man that lived for 33 and a half years and walked the earth, preached, performed miracles, he just looked like a man. But he really wasn't a man. He was just a spiritual apparition. <laughs> the person that was crucified on the cross was not real flesh and blood. The, the, the person that was crucified was just a spirit, you know, made to look like something physical. And Paul says, no, 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 no. Jesus was in fact the incarnate Son of God. He was fully flesh and blood and fully God. He's the unique Son of God. You need to understand that Jesus is the only one of His kind, and that's what made Him supreme. His person is supreme because there has never been anything like Him. And that was the argument that Paul was trying to tell people, Christians, to understand that Jesus was, in fact, flesh and blood. In fact, in Colossians uh, chapter 1, verses 15 to 18, let me just read it to you. Paul writes, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, spiritual and physical, Jesus created. Okay? Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. And He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn among the dead, so that in everything He might have the supremacy. What Paul was saying is this. Jesus is the unique Son of God. He's the only one of His kind. He is the incarnate Son of God. He, God, He is the fullness of God in human body. Okay? And people get thrown off with this word called firstborn. You know, people think, well, if, first, if Jesus was the firstborn, that means uh, he was a created being just like everybody else. And Paul says, no, 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 no. The term firstborn uh, doesn't have anything to do with Jesus being created. The word firstborn is, is not a, a statement. It's not a word of priority, meaning Jesus is the first to be created. Okay, it's not a word of priority. The word firstborn is a word of superiority. It simply means that Jesus is supreme. That's what the word firstborn means. So don't, don't, don't argue with these people who say, so, you know, you don't believe Jesus is just a man. He was a created being just like everybody else. Paul says, no, no, no. The Bible says, no, Jesus was superior. He has supremacy on all things because he's the only one of his kind. There's no one like him. Okay, pastor, what does it have to do with dying to myself? It means this. It means since Jesus' body was real and it was sacred, your body and mine, you must also and I must also regard it as sacred. We must put to death that rebellious nature within us and subject our bodies which are sacred to God into submission to the Holy Spirit. That's the whole point of why we need to die to the old nature and live the new life so that we can subject and subdue the inclinations of this flesh and blood. We subject our bodies to the leading of our new nature, not of the old nature. When we are born again of the Spirit, we receive a new nature, and that new nature comes after the things of God, and it includes subjecting the body for the honor and glory of God. Why is that important to know? 
because there are people today in our world who thinks that what they do in their body doesn't matter. Have you ever listened to the news? What kinds of laws are we passing now in this great country? They're saying, no, it doesn't matter what you do with your body. You can identify what kind of body you want. If you're a Christian, you already know that this is against the Word of God. I know it's not a popular thing to say, but there are many people today that says it doesn't matter what they do in their body because it's the heart that God looks up to right? Oh, it doesn't matter what I do with my body. It's, it's the heart that God sees. Can, you, can we really prove that from the Word of God? I can be a drunk, but God knows my heart. I could be committing adultery. I could be committing any kind of fornication. I could be, I could be in a relationship that doesn't honor how God uh, created and willed in creation. And I'm still going to go to heaven. And I'm still going to make it. Because God doesn't care about my body. He cares about my soul. He cares about my spirit. I don't think so. I think when we got saved, we got saved spirit, soul, and body. Okay? I think the whole person got saved. Not just your soul. Your body too is part of that whole makeup. Otherwise, God would not, have, would not give us a, a glorified body one day. Otherwise, Jesus would not have resurrected as a physical body who ate fish and asked his disciples to feel his hands and his side. It matters what we do in this body. It must die. The old nature must die and must subject the body to the leading of God's spirit. So it does matter. It does matter what we do. It, with this body. It matters to God because it's sacred. Okay? But when you find people, when you find yourself saying, in fact, I talk to a lot of people who says, I'm a, I'm a Christian. You know, I, you know, I got all of these issues, but, you know, I just let God sort it out in the end. I, I um, you know, I think God looks at my heart and God sees my heart and God knows my heart is okay and it doesn't really matter what I, what I do with, with, with my body. Don't go that route. As a pastor who loves you, don't, don't have that kind of mindset. Don't, don't, don't say to God, it doesn't, doesn't matter what I do with myself. God holds your body sacred because the body of Jesus is sacred and he sent the Holy Spirit to indwell that body. Paul says, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God. You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Romans 12, I beseech you therefore, brethren, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God. This matters because this is an act of real and true Worship. So God demands that we glorify God with our bodies to keep it under subjection, to kill, to destroy the old nature that keeps exerting itself and trying to subject the body to its own will. And you know what? Let me just say this to you. It doesn't matter what kind of body you have. The you know, we all look different, right? Right? We all don't, we all, we all don't look the same, you know? Some of you are are, you know, are built a certain way. You have certain characteristics in your body. Uh, some of you are jealous. I'm, I'm just kidding, okay? Don't, be, don't, don't take that personally. 
Okay, some some of us some of us are born with with good genes. You know, we're healthy, right? And and some of us uh, get sick at a whim, you know, and, and things like that. And 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 some people have a problem with that. You know what? If the body matters so much, why are we? You know, why are some people beautiful and why are some you know not so beautiful? <laughs> why are some people you know you know? I saw a calendar a long time ago, you know, my coworker, you know, this she has she has this big poster of this really handsome muscular man, you know. I mean the typical Adonis, you know, the typical just good looking poster of a man, you know, just the the, the, the ultimate perfect specimen. And underneath it says, Not all men are created equal. You know, I scratched my head and you know what, you know, and I and I compared myself to that picture. It just just didn't work, right? And oftentimes we think, you know, hey, the body doesn't really matter that much. It's what's in the inside, you know. Um, <laughs> but it matters to God. God values what we are physically. He values it. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.